Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So it's time for a game of what intro sound will Bex have today? Oh, yay. My favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to episode 212 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Thanks! I hate you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you? So, so... I'm good. That, that noise is not appropriate. The car did not crash. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I thought about maybe just putting the screeching brakes on, but um, that wouldn't really be appropriate given what happened either. <laughs> yes. Well, we made it to uh, MCM Manchester for the second day, and I think that's what counts. And uh, yeah, that noise was not heard anyway on the motorway between here and there. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, the fact that you did didn't have any brakes, which is, is part of the problem. <laughs> yes, they suspiciously seem to be perhaps not wanting to be brakes on the Saturday. So uh, me and my mate opted for the let's not go on the motorway like this yes. option, which it seemed sensible. Much as I like, you know, speed and movies like that, I didn't want to live it. Yeah, I think that was probably the sensible option. I'm very glad that you got there in one piece. It was, <laughs> it was very nice to see you at MGM Manchester. So, well, let's start off, which we usually start off. What have you been doing this week, as if I didn't already know? <laughs> well, strangely enough, the answer is MGM Manchester, <laughs> um, which I've never been to before. So that was quite interesting. I've obviously been to all of the London ones for the last so many years apart from May this year because I was out in Tokyo uh, and I've been to Birmingham once last year where for some reason they kindly let me be on the main stage um, and the Birmingham and the London ones are kind of similar in size and atmosphere yeah. the Manchester ones like a small awesome little compact mini version I really enjoyed it yeah it's it's interesting the Manchester one because it is one giant hall with a sort of windy set of corridors leading to a next hall which I don't think you ever actually went into but that that was basically just the signing rooms and the uh, leads through into the theatre but the main thing is is just the one big hall which is fine and apart from on Saturday when it was completely rammed and you couldn't move so uh, that was fun but it was a bit chiller on Sunday which was nice they had a little bit of everything I appreciated the fact that they made sure everything was covered even if it meant they yeah. only had you know they had a couple of indie games they had um, a decent sized little comic village they had a reasonable mix of independent tradespeople selling uh, handmade things and unique things as well as all your kind of big name brands and it was a really good well-balanced mix of everything yeah i enjoyed that it was uh it's it's fun the manchester one it's it's nice because it is a bit more kind of laid back than some of the others and a uh, decent set of guests as well before we get fully into mca manchester is there anything else you've been up to i finally got to see demolition man so that was nice <laughs> after multiple attempts to rewatch demolition man being one of my favorite movies ever yes multiple Multiple DVDs have been bought from charity shops and eBay until I finally bought one that worked and was region two. (laughs) I have seen Demolition Man again and I love it just as much as I remember. And I remembered almost all the lines as well. It is brilliant that I, I the, the things like you know they lack that guy become president when they're talking about President Schwarzenegger. I thought it was quite good. Yeah, lots of predicting the future. Um, yes, the Schwarzenegger Library and things. Um, it's it's just a brilliant film, and I yeah I utterly adore it. It's going to remain one of my favourite films. I think probably for the rest of my life because it just every line they can't go three minutes without saying a quotable line. It's such a good movie and it's so fun and uh, I yeah. I, I really should go and watch it again because I haven't seen it in ages either. So Yeah, well, I can watch it as many times as I like now because I have a DVD that actually works, <laughs> uh, which is good. Uh, the other thing I watched recently, which I hadn't seen before and had wanted to watch since 
it came out was the uh, new Blade Runner. I say new, no longer new. It's a few years old. Yes. Um, but I wanted to watch it before the, the date on the title was the date because it's taken me so yeah. long to actually get around to watching it. Um, really, really beautiful. Yes. St- really, really stunning. Um, I've interviewed a few people involved with that. Uh, Rugger Hauer, obviously, who sadly we, we lost this week and uh, was such a, such a great actor. And he was, the interview we did with him was actually for a, an alien audio book that he did but he was lovely and feisty and that was only a couple of years ago you know so even in old age he got no less kind of cantankerous and (laughs) and entertaining (laughs) so uh, yeah I I really enjoyed talking to him and uh, Donald Moat who was the the head of the makeup for the entire film and um, actually did the makeup that was the uh, the girl you know the the big kind of looming girl I can't remember her name Joy Joy yes he did all the makeup for Joy on that as well as well as sort of a million other things but uh yes so the girl that you were wearing on your t-shirt on your stream yesterday <laughs> yeah it's a lovely design and i had that t-shirt um for ages before i'd seen the movie so <laughs> i couldn't really wear it out because people kept saying oh so you did like the movie and i kept and say well i haven't actually yes. seen it yet i just this particular visual was stunning and i was given this gorgeous t-shirt of it um and now i can be like i have seen the movie and i did quite like it i want to watch it again um, yes because I think it takes a couple of viewings to take it all in. I was very much focusing on the filming, the framing, the cinematography, the colour palettes and those kind of aspects and spotting all of the Easter eggs, the homages and callbacks to the first film, of which there were a lot. Yes. Just in the way certain shots were filmed and uh, the more obvious ones, like the kind of, you know, zoom in, left, da 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 that obvious bit. Yeah. And um, yeah, I want to watch it again and, and more closely analyse all the other aspects of it. I enjoyed the plot. I liked the fact it didn't do what it looked like it was going to do at the start yes yeah. there's no way to really say that without spoiling it in more detail so i'll just have to say you know, the thing with the bit with the thing with the bit yeah that bit um yeah i liked the direction they went with because i was slightly worried at the beginning of the film that it was going to go in a very obvious direction so i was glad it yeah. veered away from that a bit um but wonderful performances from everyone involved and seriously beautiful film and i'm glad i finally got around to watching it i'm yes. still calling it the new blade runner movie even though it is now not new <laughs> yeah well it's newer than the older one which is you know it so. is so relatively yeah. what i'm saying is still correct yes. um, but yeah when it was out at the cinema i had a really really horrible case of jet lag and <laughs> knew i could not possibly yeah, look that... at a large screen or stay awake for long enough to watch it and just yeah. couldn't go and was very very sad about that <laughs> yeah it's not really a film to be watching where you've got jet lag either really that at all <laughs> so no no i was struggling to leave the bed and things at that point i was very very ill with it and uh yeah sulked for a for so long because I had jet lag <laughs> that time for a couple of weeks and um, yeah it wasn't on at the cinema by the time I'd uh, recovered fully Aww. and it only took me another couple of years <laughs> <laughs> yes the kind of story falls apart at that point I think <laughs> yeah still didn't get to watch it um, but now have so we can tick that one off the list good anything else I've been watching Flight of the Concords if anyone remembers that yes yes amazing TV show the, the guys behind that have gone on to do all sorts of things since then so yes yeah so Jermaine is obviously Jermaine Clement is in Legion which I did not realise for a very very long time because he looks so different yes he does and he has such acting range that I just hadn't remotely clocked that that was him yes uh, so yeah just re-watching it so I hadn't seen all of it before I just sort of dipped in and out of the series so yeah. now I'm getting to watch all of it due to the joys of the buy three for a pound in the charity shop um, <laughs> I saw it and was like hang on a minute that's something I really wanted to watch more of yeah so yeah definitely one that's uh, worth revisiting because it's it's still as funny as I remember it cool that's good anything else or is is is, is that not enough no that's enough the things. And, I, and I got all the way up to, to Manchester and did not cause the sound effect that you kindly played <laughs> at the beginning of this recording. Thank you for that again. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so for me, a few new TV shows and, and the end of an old one. Uh, the Boys finally came out on Amazon, which is a show we've been talking about pretty much since it got announced. I've seen the first four episodes of it now. Um, I love it. I think it's it's brilliantly done. It's a interesting sort of remix 
I would say, of the comic book in the way that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg did with sort of Preacher in that the first season wasn't really the comic book but had little elements out of it and had the sort of basic setup but was almost more of a prequel. The Boys, I mean, it's been a while since I read the comic book, but The Boys, I think, is is taking a similar kind of stance of there are elements out of that comic book, as in what happens to Huey's girlfriend and, and all that sort of thing that kicks start stuff but there's more kind of team building in this series than i remember there being in the original comic book i remember the boys being sort of a team together and i could have got that completely wrong it's been a while since i read it but there seemed to be more kind of team building in the tv series than there was in that they've been very clever in how they've handled some of the scenes with the seven because there were some scenes out of the comic book which would have been very problematic i think had you put them up on screen today yeah it's quite a hard hitting yeah. dark comic book and the same with i mean with preacher they obviously reined a lot of stuff in they made the characters a lot more relatable and um changed the pace and things quite a lot with it i mean a lot of these comics they're adapting now are very difficult to adapt yeah and they're not ones i would have expected to be adapted. i said that when they announced preacher and when they announced happy and the same with the boys it was one where i was like how are they going to approach this? Because it's one thing to bring something out as a comic book and it's another thing to put it up on screen where it is a wider audience and people that may stumble across it yeah. um, rather than people knowing what they're buying in the shop. Because you can easily on a comic book put a, you know, a load of warnings and people will know the name of the writer and know exactly the level of dark they're yeah. going to get with it. Um, but people kind of just browse and look at the recommends on things like your Amazons and your, your Netflixes and mm. things. So yeah, I expect they had a lot of quite tricky choices to make with the representation here. Yeah, there is a very, very, strong warning at the start that, that I don't remember seeing on other Amazon series which sort of breaks down the type of things that are actually in it and I, I suspect that's to stop children kind of going oh superheroes and, and then sort of stumbling onto it but they, they have been very clever with what they've done with some of the seven characters uh, as, as if you haven't heard us talk about the boys before you know the, the basic premise is the, there are a world of superheroes but the superheroes are sort of corporate sponsored dicks basically throughout the entire thing and uh they're they're not as heroic as their pr team would have you believe and uh the boys are a group of people that are are there to keep the heroes in line that is essentially the the sort of setup for it yeah it's the whole who watches the watchers and who polices the the superheroes type thing i think people like are a little bit aware of a similar concept because powers got made into a yes. a series a few years back but the yeah. boys is obviously a much darker take on along some of the same idea lines yeah and uh it's got a lot of uh eric kripke's kind of darker humor in there as well eric kripke being the guy that created supernatural it's got a lot of his sort of darker humor in it as well they've been very clever with how they've they've dealt with a lot of the more problematic storylines in the comic book they're still in there but they've they've tweaked the characters slightly so the female characters don't seem like they're being trod on quite as much as they maybe were in the comic books, you know. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I really like what they're doing with it. I'm only four episodes in, but I really, really enjoyed that. That's on my Amazon Prime right now if you uh, want to go and watch that. We've got Another Life as well, which started on Netflix, which is this um, sci-fi series starring Katie Sackhoff. And uh, the basic premise of that is a large alien artifact lands on Earth and they decide to send a team to the source of where they believe the aliens are because they're trying to communicate with the artifact. They're not getting anywhere with it. So they basically think, well, let's go and try and talk to the people that sent it here to see if we can communicate directly with them and find out why they sent it in the first place. So that's that's the sort of setup for it. Katie Sackhoff leads this team. It seems apparent that she wasn't necessarily the job that she wanted to do and there has clearly been something that went wrong on a previous mission and she's been put in charge of of this team and the previous team commander is now second in command and is not particularly happy about it so there's a lot of sound of standard trope setups in that i found it really quite fun there's little bits of sci-fi space drama in there there are bits of something like close encounters because you also get to see them trying to communicate still with this object which has appeared on earth it's an interesting multifaceted 
sci-fi series i i thought and uh, i've only seen the first couple of episodes of that so far because of you know us doing other things but uh yeah that that's one that i'm going to keep on watching and we'll do a bit more on that when i've finished it yeah it's definitely one i want to watch as well because katie sackoff is an awesome some actress i want to yeah. see I want to see the projects that she's involved in from this point on and the boys as well i like, obviously yes very very much need to watch but i need to leave i'm gonna binge watch that i know i'm gonna binge watch it so, so i couldn't to, start it yeah. knowing i was going to be coming up north because i need to just sit and basically be like where have i got a couple of days of rain <laughs> yeah i'm yes. now going to be watching this for a few days yes um, definitely the other thing that came to an end this week as well is gotham which also leads us into mcm as well but uh gotham kind of almost ended last week and then you kind of get an extra episode at the end of the season which is a 10 year time jump dovetailing far more into batman showing up in gotham in that final episode which is a little odd I mean, it's it's great that they did it, but of course the problem is when you've got a 10-year time jump, the kid that plays Bruce Wayne is nowhere near old enough to be able to play Batman. So Mm. you end up with him not really being in it. You end up with them recasting the girl that played Catwoman because she is in it, but they needed an older version of her. So you've got that as well. You've got Penguin in a fat suit. (laughs) <laughs> as well which so the penguin that they use in that is far more the traditional looking pending same actor but more traditional look to it were we on to our fifth poison ivy by this point uh, yeah yeah i don't think they actually showed poison ivy at that but yes there have been like four different poison ivies i mean it was an odd way to to end a, a show but I, I you know we're fine absolutely fine Goth- gotham's a good show I've, I've been very much enjoying it and of course we got to talk to one of the actors this weekend as well at mco comic con which we had the chance to interview a few people there was a number of quite good guests uh, Michael Rooker and Sean Gunn were there but um, weren't really doing press and were kind of obviously stuck at signing tables most of the time and uh, I think they might have done a stage thing but it clashed with one of the other things we were doing so didn't manage to like record the, the stage and quite often we're not allowed to record the Marvel people so I didn't want to kind of risk going in there and being told that we couldn't record anything but those guys are always fun we have interviewed them before Troy Baker and Nolan North are also there the uh, renowned video game voiceover guys i did see a little bit of an interview with them because we were sat waiting for another interview to start and somebody had got a sort of one-on-one interview going with the pair of them uh so I, we didn't actually record any of that because it wasn't our interview but we were sat there and listening to them and that was highly entertaining so there will be stuff out there with those guys uh and again uh didn't manage to get to see them on the panel because they were there with retro replay we we used to get Nolan and, and Troy quite a lot and ever since they've started doing retro replay they've been very difficult to get hold of unfortunately but uh, hopefully we'll we'll catch them because I'm sure they'll be at London and Birmingham and various other places because they're, they're always at these sort of things uh, the interviews did manage to do spoke to Brian Deschart and uh, Emily Rose Blair who played uh, Connor and Tracy in Detroit Become Human and they were fabulous they were Twitch streamers as well they do a load of Twitch streaming and because uh, I, I think their husband and wife or they're certainly a couple but uh, they do a, a load of Twitch streaming and they were lovely to talk to and got to talk a lot about doing work on Detroit Become Human so uh, that video is now up on the YouTube channel I also put a couple of videos up with uh, David Mazus apparently it is David not David or as somebody pointed out on your uh, on your stream last night he's in Manchester it would be Dave <laughs> so got a couple of interviews with him uh, I got in and recorded the panel for him so the entire 45 minute panel with David Mazous is uh, up on the YouTube channel he's uh, Bruce Wayne in Gotham obviously uh, and he also came in and did a press interview as well on Sunday and uh, we got that and that's like 15 minutes of him talking as well and uh, we, I will put that I think on the podcast a bit later so you'll be able to, to hear that a bit later what else did you see at MCM then? I got to go around all of the um, Comic Village and pick up some little bits and pieces. Uh, I also found a, a wonderful brand called Cosmic Boop. Yes. Who do, it's it's uh, two of them uh, as a team and they do awesome clothes and stickers and badges and all sorts of stuff. And also they are making a computer game for their primary space cat, which is called Floofy. <laughs> and Floofy wants to save the universe in his UFO. 
and um, yeah it's they, they do wonderful cute cat based art so obviously I had to have yes. a sticker from them and we'll be keeping an eye out for when they release their indie game because I can't not really yes um, quite uh, I got to catch up with loads of people I know already obviously Jeremy who, who writes Metal Made Flesh yes. and um, Super Robot Mayhem and Bearlands and all those things were there yeah. the guys from Big Punch Studios were there and as well as having their awesome comics although I forgot to buy the next issue of Afterlife Inc. about a con man that takes over running the afterlife. Yes. Uh, probably anyone who who likes things like supernatural, transmetropolitan yeah. stuff like that would like that one. That's great fun. Completely got the times of the show ending wrong and failed to grab one of those before they had packed up, which is slightly frustrating. But I'm sure I'll see them at MCM in London as well. Yes, they um, usually. They are. have a, they have a new card game out which looks amazing. Did you spot that one? Ah, uh, no, I didn't. I saw you talking to the. I didn't realise they were the same guys, but uh, yeah, I saw you looking at that. So what's the card game? I'm going to say it's called Sandwich Wars, but I could be wrong. Sandwich Masters, I think. Um, right. It'll be on the, the Big Punch website, I'm sure. But it, it's it's a competitive comedy card game where you have to fulfill orders for sandwiches to earn money and you have <laughs> ingredients cards. But if you don't have the right ingredient, you can put a, an evil ingredient in. Um, <laughs> and as long as you don't get hit with a health inspector, <laughs> your sandwich still sells and you still get the money. But you, you can also use attack condiments on other people's sandwiches, <laughs> which is sort of everything from sort of poison and, and glass and, and ghosts, apparently haunted ketchup and things can be put right. in other people's sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> in Fun. order to, to sabotage them and then call health inspectors on them and, and things like that. It it looks incredible fun. And I think I'm going to need to pick a copy of that up at some point. Um, yes, definitely. That's a two to four players, just fun, fast, um, sort of 20 to 30 minute card game, which looks ideal for when you're you know on a train or on a coach or something like that. And yeah. uh, you can have, have, yeah, Sandwich Master Wars with your friends. Because <laughs> uh, those guys, they're so funny and there's so much awesome humor in their comics that if they've made a card game, I utterly believe, I mean, just based on the cards I saw on the, on the desk um, it was funny I was already laughing just from looking at the, yeah, the cards they yeah. had out in front of them so I'm going to need to pick a copy of that up at some point probably at MCM London I also ran into Jed McPherson again who's a wonderful comic book writer he has a new one out called The Show I don't know if you spotted that yes yeah I think I, I picked up a copy of that in London although I don't think I've eaten my pile of things that I need to go and read but uh, yes I have got a copy of that somewhere yeah and it's a uh, reality TV show um, but taken to kind of the the, the ultimate extreme thereof so it's a bit sci-fi and it's a bit dystopia and it's a bit dark with a with a bit of a sense of humor but he's an he's an awesome writer and it's mm. quite a different project than some of the previous ones i've seen of his like like deadbeat which i interviewed him about yeah but it's yeah it's life in the machine what happens when tv becomes your reality um listed as sci-fi dystopia rated m yeah. uh, with an awesome front cover of just a massive pile of tvs and a punk and a, a nurse sitting on top of them and i was like well obviously i need to own this <laughs> yeah i think there's, he describes no question i think he describes it as being what if a reality tv show was directed by hunter s thompson i think was the way he described it yes yeah i think that's what he said and um i need to read that i've just picked up the first one for now but i think we're fairly safe in saying yeah. that i'm going to be reading all of it and i believe the final part of that's coming out uh, next mcm so it will be a complete story arc by then yes uh, i also picked up as you did as well um, yes because you're copying me in well, my trend-setting ways with the indie comics. Because I, I directed you over to them in the first place, I think, actually. <laughs> well, fine. Use the truth. Yes, <laughs> you, you found it first. <laughs> uh, Blue Fox Publishing, who I haven't actually spoken to before. I did recognise a couple of their titles, but um, yes. yeah, haven't had a chance to sort of chat to them fully before. And Gone is just an amazing-looking comic book. It's a single graphic novel, standalone one-shot, about a small AI broker robot very very cute that wakes up on a spaceship and everyone is gone yes and he needs to pootle around and try and find out what happened to all the people and um it's just lovely written by simon burks who writes um all of the comic books for blue fox and um, yeah. it's utterly gorgeous i did an interview with him and i will write an article to go up with that about this and several other of his awesome comics and we can put that up on geektown.co.uk yes. um so people can check it out because it's a really really lovely looking comic book and definitely going to be read on my long journey back to london <laughs> the thing with uh, with Simon's stuff is he has such a ridiculous 
ridiculous selection of comic books. I mean, he's got this really long table. I was like, so, so are you selling for other people? Yeah, are you working with other writers? Like, no, 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 it's all me. I've been doing this for five years. And he's got like a table just full of everything from like out and out horror to sort of the sci-fi things we'd like gone to uh, Robin, which is the other new book which he's got out, which is he's a sort of, it's Robin with a Y. Clearly he's been taking spelling lessons off you. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and it's, it's a sort of gender switched young teen Robin Hood is the idea of this one. So there is sort yeah, of a, all the characters have changed up and twisted. Yeah. It's sort of taking that source material and then applying it in very different ways in a very different setting. And that looked really, really interesting. And that was one of the ones that, that we talked about on the on the interview because it was just such an interesting idea with very unique artwork because he works with different artists for all his different projects. He finds the artist he feels that encapsulates the world he's making. Yeah. Um, so he's got a different art style for every comic he's written as well, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, with the clean, straight lines and sort of block colours of the AI's world in, in Gone, which completely suits that narrative. So the much more emotive lines and, and messy line work Work and, and detail and things that he's got going on in Robin, which suits the kind of chaotic world that they're living in, and really, really lovely stuff. He's just clearly a prolific writer, and um, he can write everything from horror, sci-fi, sweet emotional things through to terrifying anthologies of interconnected stories. Um, it's very, very awesome to see people with such talent getting at a forum like MCM Comic Village to showcase their work. Yeah, yeah. He even had a couple of novels, like straight novels, thrown in there as well. So you know, why not? Why? Yeah. Yeah, just, overachiever that man <laughs> yes absolutely um but yes he was he was fabulous and uh i yeah so impressed with his stuff it, it's just really really lovely any other bits and pieces there was sort of cosplay wandering around as there always is at these sort of things anything yeah. stood out to you the giant chocobo with Ryder. yes yeah was incredible go. i popped a few pictures of him up on social media um but that was incredibly well made and he could even kind of puppeteer to a certain degree that the chocobo ridiculously beautifully well made the thing like just the face on the chocobo as well it had soul it was a really yeah. really wonderful wonderfully made creation um i also made friends with a normal sized kermit when i was a pixie mr people might have spotted in some of those photos those are made by university students those puppets yes and that was pretty amazing as well there was um a good range of different cosplays um and a lot of mashup cosplays that definitely seems to be the thing up here lots of mashup and crossover ones and uh, whole mix from movies computer games um comic books disney yeah. the works really yes yeah i saw quite a few disney people but uh, i struggled getting photos this time because it was so busy on the Saturday. It was really hard. And there's, unlike sort of London and Birmingham, there isn't a really obvious open area to take lots of photos. So I was struggling a bit to get photos. I got a few and they will be going up on the Instagram feed. So you can go and check those out uh, once I've, I've been through and edited them, but there weren't that many. I suspect people would be spending time out the front on those stairs and things. Yeah. Lovely, but the absolutely torrential rain somewhat prevented it. Yes, yes, it was. I basically, uh, Manchester is is now an island <laughs> surrounded by water as far as I could hear this it's morning. It's now a swimming pool surrounded it, yes. by water is what it is. Yeah, yes. It, it's a bit wet up north. It was certainly having had beautiful weather all week and then you get up there and it just rained solidly for two days. So uh, I had to so, borrow a jacket. The weather yeah. lied to me. I should have very realised that it's it's grim up north. It's just all tea and rain. I should have I should have not listened to the weather and brought up my raincoat. Yes, yeah. It was very, very, very wet all week but uh, still had a had a lovely wonderful time and uh, I do like doing Manchester it is fun and uh, it's always worth doing and I picked up a new game to uh, play to uh, let the rest of the rain work itself out in, in the atmosphere ah yes uh, thanks thanks to a certain kind uh, geek town <laughs> so salary for the year now you realise <laughs> that's, that's fine it's 100% increase on <laughs> and I'm fired um, <laughs> yes uh, we found a stall of retro games uh, very reasonably priced and in decent nick and I spotted a game I wanted when it came out and couldn't have for various reasons one I had no money two I didn't have a Sega Saturn yes um, which is a game called Loaded I don't know how many people will remember that but it was uh, one of those games which was sold on the fact it was very very violent whereas it wasn't actually that violent and it was sort of 3D but not yes uh, ri it's... ridiculous nonsense top down
down shooter. I'm yeah, it's it's one of those. This up. <laughs> it's one of those games that I think people will probably recognise the advert and the artwork for it more than they maybe recognise the game directly. You know, because <laughs> I remember seeing the ads in in like magazines and stuff for that game, but I never actually played it myself. So uh, yes, I, hopefully. Somebody in good. chat the other day said that in Japan it was called Blood Machine. I think. No, oh, fair enough. Okay. And here it's called Loaded, um, written in a font that's designed to look like splayed blood, but really doesn't. Yes. Uh, by Gremlin, uh, with music from Pot Will Eat Itself, and uh, yeah, ridiculous characters, which are described as um, unsound. By, <laughs> yeah, the team is horribleous and unsound characters. Um, yes, and it's uh, 3D morphing terrain. Apparently that means it's not actually 3D. Yes, um, of course. With, with interactive shadows, I think it said interactive lighting. Ooh, shadows that move. Ooh. Um, that was a treat in 1994 <laughs> um, but I've, I've always wanted to play it and I know it's probably utterly terrible but I think I'm going to enjoy it anyway yes yes well hopefully you can you can figure out a way of streaming it and, and people can come and watch you over on your Twitch channel yes well thank, thank you very much for that plug yes I do have a Twitch channel um, at the moment it's mostly my Muppet face talking about comic books and, and um, games and things but soon it will have actual games and things as well mm. yes yes you. <laughs> <laughs> yes so go you can go and check that out uh, Trista Bites with a Y on that uh, yes. go and go and find her on Twitch um, all the videos f- you can go and find up on our YouTube which is uh, youtube.com forward slash geek town you can go and get those for uh, the interviews that we did at the weekend uh, and there will be a post going up on the website as well so you can go and find that that was MCM Comic Con I think in Manchester unless you've got anything else you, you can think of mentioning I swam home so that was good exercise <laughs> Yes, I just have floated in the car so gently. <laughs> aquaplaned it all the way back. Yes, yes, aquaplaned it all the way back. So uh, yes, we we no doubt will be at MCM in London in October and uh, and in Birmingham in November as well. So uh, lots more MCMs to come up later in the year. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> We kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. And uh, given that it was San Diego Comic Con last week and there was a ton of news last week, um, there's been quite a bit that sort of dropped in terms of cancellations and renewals this week because they've been doing the Summer Television Association press tour in the US, which is when they sort of, a a bunch of the channels announce things that are are coming and things that are going and that sort of stuff. So there's been a reasonable amount of cancellations and pickups, quite a lot from the streaming service. Services. Will and Grace on network TV is is going to end again with season eleven. I mean, not that we've seen season ten over here because uh, it got dropped by Channel Five. But the uh, the Region Two DVD is coming out on the fifth of August. If you want to go and buy season ten of Will and Grace, but they've they've announced that is going again. Also cancelled again is Designated Survivor, which was on ABC in the US, then picked up and rescued by Netflix for one season, and uh, I. I actually rather enjoyed that one season that they did. It was sort of a, a, a kind of West Wing light. They kind of turned it into for that one season. And and it was fun. And I they, yeah, they changed the direction. I know some people complained about the fact that it got very much more swearier in that uh, version because it was Netflix and they could. Unfortunately, uh, that's going away again after three seasons. But it means Kiefer Sutherland is now free to, to maybe go back to 24. Maybe. Just saying, you know, putting it out there. It's a possibility. Yeah. Um, They they have been struggling to relaunch 24 or something else. So, you know, he's now free. Maybe they could do it. Amazon went on a bit of a killing spree. Uh, Amazon have killed uh, Forever, Patriot, the Romanoffs, Too Old to Die Young, which was a show that completely bypassed me, and uh, Law as well. Law was a a TV version of the podcast, I think, but that's gone after a couple of seasons. Romanoff was a one-season show. Too Old to Die Young was a one-season show. Patriot, I think, had two seasons. Forever was a one-season show. So it's it's really them kind of killing off things that didn't work. and, And I think Patriot... The, the guy that's the lead in that I think has been doing other things as well so they've decided to bring that to an end but that was fairly critically acclaimed that show I seem to remember 
One thing that they did renew, though, which I know you will be very happy about, is The Expanse, which is coming back for a fifth season. Yes, um, there's plenty of material in the books. So as long as they keep making it at the, the quality they have been making it so far, I'm hoping that they do the entire series. I mean, there's a fairly good chance that they're going to. I think that is very much in line with the direction that Amazon, I think, are going in these yeah, days. They said originally Expanse was going to be one book per season was their aim, and then they were going to work through the series. Yeah, they're now going to be on to season five. Season four premieres 13th of December that is coming out on Amazon now so very much looking forward to uh, season five arriving as as well which I presumably will be some point next year although could be the year after given that it's a sci-fi and they take ages to make sometimes so we'll have to see but yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to that because I adore that series it's really good sticking with Amazon Outlander which I know isn't an Amazon show everywhere but it is an Amazon show over here Outlander's heading for another Droughtlander because it's been delayed until early 2020 purely apparently due to scheduling on stars in the US which is the network that owns and runs it so they can't air it on Amazon over here until they've aired it on stars and stars have basically said well we've got other things that need to go out first so they're going to delay it until early 2020 that's mildly frustrating but uh, it is it is coming it's just going to be late they also mentioned about good omens they made it i think abundantly clear that they would be very 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 happy to do more good omens but it's entirely up to neil gaiman and i rather suspect neil gaiman won't want to expand it further i could be wrong about that gaiman's got other things like the sandman series coming up on netflix but i rather think that it was such a personal thing to him that he needed to do this for Terry that the way he's been talking about it I'm not entirely sure that he wanted to do something which is completely away from the stuff that they've wrote together yeah I'm not sure he'd want to start adding on new material in a way that might feel like it was just for the sake of making more yeah I've not seen the series yet I really really it's another one I need to to binge watch and watch all in one go and I also think that because he needs to have such a close hand on it and he's got Sandman coming up and Sandman is a very very difficult series to adapt because it has um, very interesting visuals very unusual tone and there's so much material there as well that he's probably going to want to put 100% of his time into making sure Sandman is correct and not also trying to come up with new material for Good Omens which I think would be quite a difficult emotional process for him anyway yeah I I don't see it either I mean I can understand why Amazon would want more because it has apparently it was one of the things that they were saying you know has gone down incredibly well with the audience but i rather suspect that gaiman is he's not going to want to do more yeah it's know. a self-contained yeah. work it was never designed to be expanded and because it's a joint project to then mm. do it on your own it's, it wouldn't have that same feel and i'm not sure he could put his heart into writing that yeah we'll see but i i find it doubtful that he'll do that but i mean you know amazon obviously would like more but, <laughs> but you know um sticking with the neil gaiman things actually uh, lucifer although it is coming up to its final I think it's season five which is the final season they originally announced it was going to be a standard Netflix 10 episode season they've now announced that they're adding six more hours so it is going to be 16 episodes for the final season which is awesome news I think they will be making 16 episodes of Lucifer so that's basically over another half season they've added onto that effectively hopefully that means they're going to give it some kind of really really epic finale yeah I hope so I mean I do wonder whether the fact that Gaiman now has this relationship going on with Netflix whether that had anything to do with them upping the series order or not but uh, we'll have to wait and see mm, I think most people that watch Lucifer aren't aware it's a Neil Gaiman no, property and the, I'm sure. the TV series itself is so far removed from the comic book that apart from the vague setup and the names it effectively is its own entity Yeah. so yeah it would be I think it would be surprising if it was connected to that because they've never really included Gaiman's name on, on the marketing for that one at all no it, it is he sort of has a based on characters by I think at the start or based on the, yeah, the really, comic book really by. really 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 <laughs> yes very <laughs> very very loose it means that we are getting 16 episodes so you're effectively getting slightly over an extra half season out of them despite the fact that they said it was coming to an end and I'm rather glad that they basically said to them you can do whatever you like and they went okay then and yeah, uh, it's and, a popular series and I think the fans will be really happy that they're going to get you know a proper grand finale and all of the story that they have left yeah. into that final 
series. I'm incredibly happy about that because I do love that show and I'm sad it's coming to an end, but I'm glad that they've expanded it to that point. Uh, other things that have been renewed, uh, Handmaid's Tale, I think to the surprise of absolutely no one has got a fourth season, <laughs> uh, given that it's it's one of the most highest award-winning shows for Hulu. So I, I'm not at all surprised that they've renewed that for another season. And a uh, little bit of uh, interesting casting news for people that have been watching The Rookie on Sky One. Afton Williamson, who plays Nathan Fillion's uh, Nolan's partner, Bishop, in the show. She's the TO for, for Nolan. Um, it's apparently not coming back for the second season. So I, I don't know why that is. But uh, I mean, I've been enjoying The Rookie because it's Nathan Fillion and I pretty much watch well, Nathan it's, it's Fillion. Nathan and Fillion and that yeah, just it, is basically an explanation for an entire series, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Nathan Fillion does something. He's, he's just a series that I would happily sit there and watch. <laughs> but uh, apparently his TO is is not coming back for the second season. So I don't know how they're going to write her out. But um, yeah, apparently she's Quickly, not returning. I think. Yeah, and I, it seems like an odd one, that. But uh, there's no real explanation. But they said the split was amicable. So whether it was more amicable on the network side than her side, I don't know. But the, the network is saying it was amicable. So we'll see. On to uh, larger news stories. Stars have picked up a Dangerously Asians prequel series, apparently. Apparently, because Dangerous Liaisons always needed a prequel. I don't, I, yeah, I don't it's know. quite unusual decision, really. I mean, I guess there's interesting stuff to put together from that. I mean, there just there isn't any book or source material for for a prequel. They'll be just making this up themselves. Yeah. Um, I always find prequel series is bizarre because unless you actually plan on going over the original material as well, you're giving yourself a limit on how many series you can make out of something because at some point you catch up with yeah. with the book you are prequeling. And there have been so many different versions of Dangerous Liaisons as well. I think I own three or four myself. Um, yeah. It sort of seems like they're trying to set it in the past, but update it. Yeah. I mean, they've said it's an adapted for a 21st century audience, but I think it is going to be set in the sort of original time period. The idea is that it will take the original story of Matul and Valmont, who are the, the two sort of lead male and female characters, who are the lovers that in the Dangerous Liaisons are rivals and sort of ex-lovers and hate each other. Uh, it's going to be telling their origin story and how they they meet. It's really an excuse for stars to stick girls in sort of push-up bustle things and have a lot of sex on screen, I think. <laughs> I'm suspicious it's not going to be historically accurate. How about you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's being written by Harriet Warner, who has written uh, The Alienist and Called the Midwife. And it's going to be eight episodes. And uh, she's also going to be showrunner. They haven't announced a premiere date for it yet. But um, yeah, well, I mean, if you if you felt that Dangerous Liaisons was maybe missing a prequel and you wanted to see the backstory of some of those characters, now's your opportunity. It has been picked up by Stars Play in the UK, so uh, it will be on the Amazon channel Stars Play as well if you uh, want to go and find that. Um, don't know when that's coming out, but it will be there. Moving over onto FX, they have ordered The Old Man, a uh, drama starring Jeff Bridges based on Thomas Perry's best-selling book of the same name. The Old Man centers on Dan Chase, who was absconded from the CIA decades ago and has been living off the grid since. When an assassin arrives to try and take Chase out, the old operative learns that to ensure his future, he must now reconcile his past, which... I mean, it sounds like pretty much the setup for a dozen movies I could probably reel off. Apart from the fact that it's Jeff Bridges and it's an older guy rather than a young guy that's maybe suffering PTSD. You know, that there's been various versions of guy moves to forest to go escape everything and then gets pulled back in. So it's difficult to tell, but it has got Jeff Bridges in the lead. Uh, it's from the people that created Black Sails and the production companies behind it is uh, the Littlefield company who were the people behind Fargo and The Handmaid's Tale. So fairly solid company behind it. You've got Jeff Bridges in the lead. Although the, the setup doesn't sound the most kind of original and I don't know the book, but I, I think could have something to it, I suspect. I'm guessing they're going to sell this based on the acting and writing yes. talent and being a very good portrayal of this kind of story. I, I almost think it's a shame that they're using such an awesome cast 
trust and, and that much talent to do something that I think is quite generic and throwaway. Yeah. Um, I guess if, if you like those kind of stories, this will be the best example you will see of it. But yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen something a little bit more original. But this this kind of this kind of genre, this kind of book doesn't really appeal to me in general. So it's, it's a difficult one for me to judge. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And I, I don't know the novel, so I, I it's difficult to judge it on that. And the novel was a bestseller, so presumably it's got something going for it. But uh, yeah, interesting getting Jeff Bridges to be able to do a, a TV series as well. But it, it's coming to FX, which should mean that it's covered by the carriage deal that they have with the BBC. So it should end up on BBC uh, either one or two, probably two. That seems to be where they're running the FX stuff. It should fall under that carriage deal. So when it comes out, which will probably be 2020, it should appear there, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, lastly, there is a new TV series of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy in development at Hulu, apparently. Hitchhiker's Guide, obviously, a radio play, then a TV series, then a movie it's now going back to being a tv series this one comes from um colton curse and jason Fuch, the guys behind randomly nash bridges the strain colony jack ryan wonder woman ice age continental drift i mean it's an interesting mix of people that it's completely impossible to tell if this is going to be any good or not yeah it's such a british comedy um and the sense of humor in it and i mean although i did really like some aspects of the movie that came out however many years ago it kind of missed a lot of the the tone and the things that made it so beloved originally for Mm. me but i did love the the radio plays and the books i i have absolutely no idea if this is going to be good or not um but i don't just want to say oh no it's not being made by a small british company therefore it won't be very good british humor because sometimes i have been have been proven wrong on that front because i was very worried about dirt gently and even though it was completely utterly different to the source material i really really enjoyed that and the second season of that was brilliant so i'm not going to pass judgment until i've actually seen a trailer i think yeah i mean i think unlike dirt gently which is a book which people liked but i think you can get away with messing around with it hitchhiker's guide i i think if you step too far away from the book on Hitchhiker's Guide, you're going to get into a lot of trouble with people who are fans. And it's that difficulty of of kind of keeping everybody happy while making something new and original and keeping the humour in there. And I don't know, it's it's really, really tricky line to walk that. Unless it's you're a just difficult one it. because we've already had so many versions of it. And yeah. because the first version of it was a radio play, mm-hmm. we already have, you know, the the perfect version because it started off as that kind of media. Yeah. Um, each of the versions that were made over here kind of added, you know, a little bit to it with the TV show and, and with the books, they expanded on things. Yeah. And then they're going back to a TV show. If they stick too close to the source material, they're just going to be reiterating things we already have. But if they step too far away from it, they're then running the risk of losing the tone and losing the fans. Um, I think with Dirt Gently, they had they could have made it closer to the book because no one had made an adaptation like that before. And they also had the, the, the leeway to go quite far away from it because, as you said, it is not quite as iconic and hasn't have quite as much of a cult following. But I'm really not sure what the best way for them to approach this one is. It's going to be an interesting one. If you're wondering why... It's- ended up at Hulu by the way it's because due to the uh, 2005 movie Disney owns the IP to Hitchhiker's Guide that's why and of course Disney are now the major shareholder of Hulu due to the them buying everything under the sun which is why it's ended up at Hulu and why it's been made by an American company and not somewhere in the UK I mean it may end up being made in the UK you don't know but uh, it's you know the backing is certainly all coming from Disney money which is kind of interesting it's only development at the moment it it may not go anywhere this has been stuff that hasn't directly come from hulu and hulu aren't commenting but you know usually it's come from very reliable sources so uh, usually they're correct we'll have to see where it goes and whether it does genuinely appear as a as a thing and uh, what the casting is and stuff but uh, yes that's going to be one to keep an eye on i think (laughs) that's all the news we have for this week next we move on to the interview 
It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. As I mentioned earlier, the interview this week is with David Mazous, who is, of course, Bruce Wayne on Gotham. We had a chance to sit down with him at MCM and uh, pose a few questions to him. This was a roundtable interview, so you'll hear my voice a little bit. You will hear some other people asking questions as well. The sound quality isn't brilliant because the room was had a fan going in the background, so I had to do some messing around with it to get the, rid of the fan noise, otherwise that was droning on all the way through the background. He was lovely he did a 45 minute stage panel which you can find on the youtube channel as well so you can see that entire panel but this is uh this is the press interview it's about 15 minutes long he was really really nice here's the interview with david mazous so obviously gotham's over now um what's next for you uh it's this little movie that i'm working on should take about four years to shoot called college <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, really, that's, um, that's kind of my, my biggest priority uh, right now. Um, I'm still auditioning. I'm still looking for work. I have to pass on some things because I'm just not looking for anything long term right now. Nothing like Gotham, you know, no network 22 episode things are just not realistic for next. I want to go to college. So um, anything that might fit in a summer break or a really good something that I might want to take um, a quarter off for. Be more than happy to do because I definitely want to keep acting and I definitely want to act um, once I'm out of college. But I want to take this opportunity while I'm this age to um, have this experience and you know further my education. Out of all the villains that uh, were put onto Gotham, I mean there were they did kind of go through most of them for that. Was there any that didn't make it onto the show that you would have really liked to see? Uh, I kill a croc. Right. And the only reason I answered that so quickly is because I got asked earlier at my <laughs> my panel. So um, I already thought about it. But yeah, usually I would deliberate for a while. But yeah, I really wanted to see Killer Clock. I also really wanted to see Talia Al Ghul because mm-hmm. um, there was so much Al Ghul like going on in the show anyway. It would have been cool to have Talia on. Um, I'd be curious who they would cast for it. But yeah. All right. Would you be? Would you want to revisit the character? Because you you kind of got to kind of it, its peak and last last couple of episodes we saw your face behind the cowl but not actually you was it a, a bit of your voice would you would you like to go back and actually play Batman yeah I'd love future? to I'd love to I think I'm too young now so I'm glad that I wasn't actually in the cowl I was um, I was very happy that I was, I, I was actually I didn't know what they were going to do and um, and John Stevens the show showrunner called me probably about a month before we shot the finale and uh, and told me what they were going to do. And I was really, really happy with it because I didn't really want to be in the cowl just because I'm too young. But also, obviously, I put five years of work into this. I didn't want somebody completely new um, taking it over. I mean, if, if, if that's what they did, I would have been okay with it, honestly. Um, and that's what I thought he was calling to tell me. Um, but then when he said they were going to use my face and they were going to use my voice, I was very happy with that compromise. Um, but yeah, in terms of coming back to the character later... Um, I'd be I'd be overjoyed to yeah I mean I feel so connected to it I've never played I've never been with a character so long it's kind of it's like it, they a character any character you like you you do becomes a part of you you know and I was playing this character for five years way longer than any other character that I've ever played so um, definitely there's there's a piece of Bruce in my soul and uh, I'd love to revisit that part in the future. Were you a big fan of Batman when you were younger? Did you grow up with the cartoons or the comics? Yeah, I grew up with um, I grew up with honestly just the Christian Bale movies. You know, um, they were kind of sprinkled throughout my childhood. I think I was five, eight, and like eleven when they came out. So um, uh, that's that's what I grew up on. Like that was the epitome of Batman for me, and I loved. I mean, it was just like that for me. The coolest thing I always loved Batman. It was all my favorite superhero. And it was because of the gadgets and just how cool he was, you know. He was like the epitome of cool. And uh, that was always my favorite thing. I always loved gadgets and, like, loved playing walkie-talkies with my friends in my house and, like, you know, playing spies and stuff like that. So um, I love Batman. And uh, But, yeah, I, I, I didn't read the comics until I actually got the role. 
then I did everything. What do you think of the announcement of the next Batman, um, Robert Pattinson? Uh, is he is he still? I heard that he or, backed out because of scheduling oh, stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm very happy. I'm very happy yeah. with it. I, cause I, I think he's I think he's a great actor, and um, I mean, I've seen him since some, some stuff other than Twilight, and uh, I think. Uh, I'm very, I'm very excited, and I, I also, I, I, you know, yeah, I'm very excited. I don't know. I, I, for me, it's hard to say like I'm happy with it or I'm not happy with it because I, I haven't seen it yet. You know, do you have a question? Yeah. Uh, what cast member did you like the most from Marvel? Oh, um, not because uh, through any fault of anyone else, but just because I worked with him the most. Definitely Sean um, Pertwee. I learned the most from him just because he had so much to teach, and I worked with him. Um, by far more than any other cast member. So, uh, and it wasn't even things that he would explicitly teach me, you know, it was more just things that I would notice that he did that, um, I kind of, that rubbed off, you know, not even consciously, just like subconsciously rubbed off on me because he was such a good actor. My mom always says acting is like playing tennis. If you play against someone who's better than you, you get better. If you play against someone who's worse, you get worse. And working with Sean, I only got better. Was it daunting being so young when you started the show? To, to be, you know, next to actors like Sean and was it exciting? How did you feel when you when you first started looking back? Um, uh, it wasn't daunting. A lot of people, I thought you were going to go um, with like, was it daunting stepping into this iconic well, role? Well, that too. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. I, it is purely because I was... I had no idea what I was doing. I just, I, I didn't, I didn't realize like what, like what the significance of this role was. I was just like, ah, oh, cool. I got a job. Um, and yeah, I was nervous, but that was just like, you know, I would have been as nervous for any other job. You know, I wasn't, um, I didn't particularly feel, I didn't feel at all any, any other kind of, um, external pressure to satisfy fans or to uphold or to do justice to this character. Cause I, just, I really just was not thinking about that. I was thinking, all right, they cast me. They must know what they're doing. I'm just going to do what I did in the audition. Hopefully it all works out. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I was nervous to, to work with actors like Sean and, um, and Ben, uh, who, you know, who, you know, had, had already, have already been established and, um, who are known as, as very talented, um, uh, dedicated actors, but they were all so nice, and uh, it, it was like it really was like one big family from the very beginning. So uh, it's crazy thinking back, like how like I'm thinking back to like the first season, first couple episodes, and it's weird to think about how long ago that was. You know, over in the other DC universe, you've got obviously Arrowverse running as well, and they've got this big crisis event coming up. And I know they've been roping people in from like Smallville and and oh, DC they? shows. Yeah, there's quite a lot. They've even roped in Burt Ward from the original Batman '66 series. Oh wow! Would you yeah. like some of you know you and maybe some of the other Gotham guys to sort of just cameo across into that? Yeah, universe? I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah, and that's like a perfect opportunity for us yeah, too yeah. if they're if they're already reaching out to people from Smallville. And uh, it might be a little too soon just because we just yeah. went off the air. Um, like here, we literally went off the air. Like yeah, last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, that might be a little bit too soon, but I'm I'm 100 down for it. It's not at all in my hands. Um, but if I ever get a call asking if I um, want to do crossover in the universe, I'm 100 on board. And the topic of Ben putting you on the spot there. I know he taught you growl. Yeah. Do you want to do that one? No, because it's not good. <laughs> um, but he did. He did try to give me lessons. Yeah. Because um, I remember we were, we were shooting, we were shooting the. Because again, it was only my voice um, for the for the end, and they put an effect on it anyway. But um, I only had like three lines where it was actually the Batman voice as opposed to just like an older Bruce Wayne voice. And I was practicing it at home, and I was like, "This does not sound good." And so I asked him on set. We were doing a scene, and I was like, "By the way, Ben, you played Batman. You wanna, you know, because he 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 did the voice for the Year One movie." Um, it's like, do you want to give me some <laughs> advice? And he, he like went through the lines with me. And it was it was it was fun. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna not gonna do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was there anyone that told you kept from being on set of Yes, uh, I stole a Roman lamp from Wayne Manor, <laughs> and it's now my my bedside lamp because I thought it was really cool. Probably shouldn't be saying that when there's three million cameras pointed at me. <laughs> And so you know John, who plays Punisher, he stays in um, character offset. Right. Did you kind of act like Bruce Batman? No. 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 Um, I uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've worked with people who to do that. Um, Cameron Monaghan did that. I worked with Aaron Eckert, who um, who uh, was very intense on set. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I just it's just not my acting style. I'm, I like to be in the role, and I'm. I mean, it, it depends on the scene, honestly. But um, yeah, I don't know. I never really had an intense, intense acting training, so I don't have like one particular uh, style. I don't do method or anything like that. Um, but like my, um, we're really good friends with uh, uh, the prop guy from prop master Sterling rush from, from touch the first show that I was on. And, uh, he would, he would, one thing he always said was that you could always tell like from a distance, whether I was in character or not, because like when I was Jake, Jake bomb was, was my character on touch. I was had my, I was always super stiff and it was always like walking, you know, super stiffly. And when I was like David, I was just like running around laughing and stuff like that. So that, that's just like the second it's cut, I'm back to me. That's just, that's just my um, acting style, but to each their own. So you've played an iconic comic book hero, anti-hero now. If you could play a villain, well, who would you want to play? Uh, DC villain or any villain? Any villain. Any villain. It's tempting to not say the Joker just because as an actor, that's like a terrifying role and also super exciting. So I don't know what I would do with it at all, but I would be very interested to explore that more. If you could appear in any TV show, past, present or future, oh. what show would it be? Uh... It would have to be Rick and Morty. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be, yeah. <laughs> It'd be really cool if there was like a character that like they animated to look like me, and I got to voice it. I'm not. I'm not hoping Justin Roiland sees this or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you play video games? Uh, I don't like. Re- I don't religiously play video games, but I I have become obsessed with a few of them. Um, Uncharted 4 I was obsessed with for a good three nights before I finished it um, and I, I don't know if you guys know Clash Royale I bang Clash Royale all the time <laughs> um, on my phone was just playing a second ago um, let's see what else Injustice I have that on my phone I have a bunch of VR games that look, like, I have a Playstation I don't just I don't I just don't play like games on it like when I, when I go on my Playstation I just kind of go for like the VR experience and just like a cool driving game and like pretend I'm driving in the Alps <laughs> you played the Batman VR game yeah of course <laughs> the thing about the Batman VR game is that you're done with it in a half an hour yeah like it's it's really really cool for that half an hour but then and then you can do it again but it's like alright I kind of did this before yeah. I get the deal it's like it's cool to, it's cool to practice the battering throwing yeah but it's about it what was your favorite scene you did in Ah, it's such a hard question uh, it's it's a, it's like a four way tie between the Max Malone scene the carnival scene the party scene in season four, the club, the scene in season f- earlier in season four where Bruce is the billionaire brat and he's like bidding with Barbara, uh, the fight with Jeremiah in Ace Chemicals. Yeah, five-way time. I think that's five. What was it like having to play two versions of Bruce? Oh, uh, it was cool. It was cool, yeah. I was, really, I, I was, I was kind of upset that that character never came back because he didn't die. Um, in, a, in an earlier draft, he was killed, and then they let him live. So I was like, all right, I, mean, I guess he's coming back in season four, but he never did, so I don't know. Um, but it was fun. It was really fun. I was really happy that the uh, writers kind of gave me that challenge. If there was any part of the series that you'd like to have expanded on, would the, what would that have been? As in, like, like relationships? Story, or yeah, a story expansion, like, maybe... Because they have a lot of stuff to, to cram together. Yeah, I think what I would have liked to see uh, is Bruce's billionaire kind of uh, party, party side explored more. And more as a front for what he was actually doing. Um, like, that kind of... I would have liked to explore... Because, you know, that's obviously a... A famous kind of thing in, in the in the comic books that he has this front to the public so that he can better hide what he's what he's really doing and I would have liked to kind of we could like we, we could have done that in Gotham and um, just didn't get the opportunity. What was that our last day on set like? Uh, it was sad, but it was also really fun because you know like Sean and I got a got everybody a waffle truck, um, so we like everyone everyone's munching down on some nice waffles and ice cream and um, and. Uh, Aaron was directing and we were shooting the uh, I can say, I'm assuming I can say this now uh, we were shooting the, the Jim and Lee marriage um, in the GCPD so we were on set everybody in the cast basically was there we were all eating waffles we were all signing cards for um, for everybody uh, Corey Corey and Robin and Aaron I think um, 
well, I don't know. I don't know exactly who it was, but a bunch of people got together and, and made like calendars for everybody on set. So we were all signing them. Um, and it was just, it was just a really nice day. Like it was kind of just full of camaraderie and, and fun. Yeah. It was nice. It was really nice. It was sad, but it was nice. Were there many practical jokers on set? Not too many. I mean, it was like, it was such a dark thing on screen, you know? So like behind the scenes, we were just always kind of laughing about. But not, not too many practical jokes, no. And right, forget all your Batman gadgets. Your only weapon and what you just ate. What is your weapon? My only weapon is what I just ate? Yeah. A, a nice margarita pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly just eat with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a shot at Jesus. If you could cut it correctly. You could throw it like a bat. Kill you with grease. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was the interview with David Mazous from Gotham, Bruce Wayne. If you want to see the video version of that interview, that is up on the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash geektown, along with the 45-minute main stage panel as well, which you can go and find up there. And the interview with the guys from uh, Detroit Become Human as well. That is all up on youtube.com forward slash geektown. Now we have some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> Highlights for next week on TV. We have uh, Siren Returns, which is the evil mermaid, well, semi-evil mermaid drama that uh, has been doing uh, doing the rounds. That's uh, back for season 2B, second half of season 2. That's coming to Sci-Fi UK on the 1st of August at 2am and 9pm is, is that's airing. Uh, have you seen any of this evil fish drama? <laughs> I haven't, but I am interested by it because I do like mermaid legends and things and they're often so sort of Disney-ified, sort of the Disney version of The Little Mermaid and things being also lovely and colourful and friendly and things. So seeing something that's a based a little bit more on what actual mermaid lore and legend yeah, yeah. was um, is interesting to me but haven't, yeah, haven't got around to seeing it yet I've seen a couple of episodes of it and then th- other things got in the way and I kind of didn't get back to it but it seems to be going down fairly well it's definitely got a solid fan base out there so uh, yeah 1st of August for the second half of season 2 for Siren on Sci-Fi UK over on Alibi I Am The Night which is that miniseries we mentioned a few weeks back that is coming on the 1st of August at 9pm Dear White People that back for a third season on the 2nd of August on Netflix Hold the Sunset the John Cleese BBC sitcom that's back for a second season on the 2nd of August at 9.30 that is coming back uh, Foss Verdon which is the limited series about the uh, music dance partnership that is coming to BBC 2 on the 2nd of August at 9pm uh, we have a, a sitcom called Single Parents about a group of dysfunctional single parents who lean on one another to raise their kids uh, that's coming to Comedy Central on the 5th of August at 9pm. Will and Grace, as I mentioned, the season 10 DVD is out on the 5th of August as well. Uh, no Good Nick, which is the comedy that stars the militia Joan Hart and Sean Austin about a family that welcomes in a 13-year-old girl before realising she's a street-smart con artist. I think Matt watched that and said he quite enjoyed it. So uh, No Good Nick season 2, that arrives on the 5th of August as well. And uh, Euphoria, which is the HBO teen drama about uh, high school students navigating love, friendship and the world of drugs, sex, trauma and social media. Um, That seems to have gone down incredibly well in the US, but uh, that's now coming to Sky Atlantic on the 6th of August at 10pm. So that is all the stuff we have coming for you to watch next week. Anything else you want to mention? Uh, No, I think we've just about covered everything. I just need to continue recovering from MCM Comic Con um, (laughs) and try and make my way back to London at some point. Yes, yes. If you can get your, your way out maybe a submarine maybe a submarine yeah i thought a canoe might be the way to go and then i can sort of prop the comic books up on the front and read them as i go good idea yeah that'll work (laughs) there are no flaws with this plan no absolutely none i i can't see a single flaw with that plan (laughs) so if you want to find bex you can find her on as trista bites spelled b-y-t-e-s because i thought i was being cool making a geeky pun and then realized that this was going to be difficult on every podcast i ever starred on (laughs) and i can be found on facebook twitter and instagram i also have a youtube 
YouTube channel as Tristabytes and now also a Twitch channel as Tristabytes as well. Yes, and the, the Twitch is highly entertaining and uh, she was she was disappearing last night uh, on the Twitch stream. Sort of slightly translucent, which I'm sure had nothing to do with the fact that she was sat in front of a green screen and she had blue no, hair. No, I was definitely <laughs> had run all the way back to London and was sat in my studio with my normal background and the fact I have bluey greeny hair was definitely not an issue. No, no, not a daywalker or, you know, something like that. I, yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, go go and listen to her Twitch stream because you can insult her in real time. It's great fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, for us, you can go on to geektime.co.uk throughout the week. There will be um, bits and pieces from MCM going up and uh, videos and stuff, as well as all the usual TV news and all that kind of stuff. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektime.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Because you can insult me in real time. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? It's one of my favourite things that I could do on that channel. <laughs> and I plug your podcast. I know. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.